Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2018. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. But it's more like I should say, I am with you tonight. Yes. Uh, yes, because you have returned from your voyage. <laughs> That's right. In Japan, to steal away the great evil. <laughs> yes, as we yeah, mentioned Yeah, that before. and visit a whole lot of, like, kids' play areas and stuff. I mean, to be honest, that's what we did last time the the five of us went to yeah. Japan last. We went to the same Pokemon Center we went to, yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. How were the Pokemon? Uh, the poke- I think Pokemon, as a species and a franchise, are doing just fine. Which is amazing if you think about it. It could have easily died within that one children's generation, but like it was um, Ruby Sapphire, I think, that really pushed it to the, like a, the, the next generation, kept it going as a franchise. Yeah, for a, a hot second, it looked like Yokai Watch was going to threaten it, but no. It, it did not. It, is it Yokai Watch down? Yokai Watch. Yokai Watch was it's never still around on the radar to me. Cause, cause maybe it's because I'm not a child. Because last episode I tried to use that as the, something that Vader would use to relate to the kids, so I don't know if that was... Oh yeah, that reminds me. My great regret is not <laughs> being able to do the Vader voice. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is also our great regret. That's all of our great regrets. Yeah. So can I, can I just do it right now? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, let's see. <laughs> Young Leia. It has been six years since I saw you last. Are you still into those yokai watches? Yes, thank you. It was very helpful for you to do the breather, because yeah. the breather yeah. has no relation to whether or not Vader is talking. I mean, definitely, in the movies, independently of, of their speech. Right. Yeah. Very strange, uh, indeed. And uh, thank you for that, Amar. That truly enriched my life, I think. <laughs> I think it helped us. I, I really think we're going to sell more podcasts with that. Yeah. Some hot, hot, fresh podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my only other podcast news for when I was away was that the podcast appeared in my dreams for the first time. Oh. Yes. And I dreamed that a fan had sent us mm-hmm. a Usagi Ojimbo board game and the expansion for it. <sighs> like, with the intent that, like, we would do Are something with sure it. sure it was a dream? <laughs> and it was, like, an old one, too. It was, like, clearly, like, early Stan Sakai art. Oh, and man. so it was, like, from, like, wow. the late 80s or something. And I was like, well... Our podcast isn't about board games, and this <laughs> but isn't it even, should be. And this isn't even a fan board game. This is an official board game. <laughs> motto, it's but, a premonition. Oh, it, but in my dream, I was like, but I'm still really enthused about this, so we're totally going to talk about it. I'm mm. sad that doesn't exist. I, it was I'm terribly, like, tragically, like, why? Maybe it's a sign. You brought something beautiful in my life just to take it away. <laughs> Here's what I remember about the game in my dream. Okay. It had a deck of random encounters, mm. and I wasn't sure whether it was, like, a village-building game or a wandering-through-Japan game. Either would make sense. Right, yeah. But there was, like, a whole thing that you constructed through the game with these plastic components, kind of like Forbidden Island, where you're, like, or Forbidden Desert, where you're, like, yeah. making the airship. Right. And so, like, I feel like it must have been town-based. And then the expansion was not even about feudal Japan. <laughs> it was an expansion that reskinned and reset and had a new deck of random encounters and stuff to make it Wild West Usagi Yojimbo. Which, uh, well, it's not something Stan Sakai has done, but honestly, I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't because that's totally something he would do. That would slot right in. That sounds right. Your brain is so smart when it's asleep. <laughs> Should we let Stan Sakai know that he needs to do this and yes. also green light a board game? Or, Absolutely. Or we yeah, just like I'm email him saying like, hey, jump on stand, we have a board game for you. Can you just sign off on this? <laughs> yeah, to- that's a the Kickstarter is already to go. Right? Yeah, I'll do a mock-up. A wild I'll west. Be ready Usagi by uh, end of the week. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would like the expansion to Usagi Ujima board game be like grass cutter expansion or something? Or? Well, no, I, I'm saying the Wild West one was the expansion. Okay. The base game was the feudal Japan one. Right. The expansion was the like was reskinning. The yeah. Okay. That's so brilliant. All of which has absolutely nothing to do with our fanfic for tonight. Right. No, it has something. What's that? Um, Usually I'm going to reach you, Jimbo. Okay. Is uh, Japanese. Oh, I thought you were going to do something with Usagi there. I Oh, that would have uh, been so much smarter. No, there's no there's no character named Usagi in this fic. That is true. That's a good point. Except but, when um, she is referred to as Serena Usagi Sukino. I mean, it's probably, whatever. All right. So, um, Usagi, Usagi Yojimbo and Usagi Usagi Sukino. has Yojimbo. She has bodyguards. There we go. There we Connection go. Connection well, They're not Yojimbo. Okay. They're, they're just samurai, I think. Uh, okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Calm yourselves. Come, get it right, Amato. We're talking about Sailor Moon once <laughs> yes. again. Yeah, we're talking about the Ray trilogy of Sailor Moon fanfics. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. if I had my druthers, every episode would be Sailor Moon. 
But as it is, I am just restraining myself and only throwing them out there occasionally. What was you thinking of one every six or something? Or? What I should have said is Ray is Usagi's Yojimbo. Yeah, I went there, but Dom shot me down. <sighs> yeah, Yojimbo doesn't have a master. They're, oh, they're a hired bodyguard. They're hired mercenary. Yeah. But right. The hired. Oh, never mind. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Uh, Usagi. If Usagi died, then Ray went on to serve another master in a mercenary sense, then that'd be Yojimbo. I'm sorry, my attempt at a pun transition wasn't good enough for you. Man, transi- transitions are hard. I, we, I, I give a model a lot of shit for it, but mostly because they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, my my main promise to you is that the Sailor Moon will not come too fast and furious, and I'm trying to choose very different Sailor Moon fanfics every time, mm. and I think so far I've been successful. Yeah, yes. this is this one is fairly different than all the other ones we read so far. Quite it's different. Yes. The this is the Ray trilogy by Chris Davies, and it is famous in that way where like people knew about it if they were in the '90s Sailor Moon fanfiction scene. I just kind of have to say since like. You, you've been a, a, a good sensei. I've been inciting us, um, assigning us a lot of reading mm-hmm. over the years, and over the years, <laughs> <laughs> the many years we've been doing this podcast, many many years, like it seems like years, like uh, uh, the recently, and they've all been kind of, you know, not the not the cheeriest fanfics. Mm-hmm. They've all been sort of dark in their own way. <laughs> Is there something we need to These, talk about, Amato? Yeah, <laughs> These were especially dark. I think. Yeah. For, to some extent, you need to talk to fan fiction writers who tend to want to do, be more serious than the source material. Mm. And also, it's just, I find it hard to talk about comedy, and so I haven't been trying it too much. Okay, are we operating on the assumption that we can only do things that are extremely dark or things that are comedic? Now, I will say that... Well, how about, for... like, Sailor Trek? <laughs> yeah, well, it's totally middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of. I, I mean, mean, it's kind, kind of bounces of. back and forth. That's right, what yeah. I would say. I can see that being accurate for teenagers, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of fan fiction writers, especially early on, were teenagers because their lives are emotional extremes. Like either it's I'm trying to be funny, or and a class clown, or I'm trying to be in my feelings. I mean, that's right. It's like you're you go from. The teenager, you start off as a kid, which is like confusing as itself in itself, and then mm-hmm. you think you have that figured out. But all of a sudden, you got all these hormones pumped into you, and everything, mm-hmm. everything's different. You got to re- everything. Gets everything gets crazy. Yeah. No, take it from me. I'm my ten year old that I work with in after school. Every day goes. You don't know how hard my life is. My friends aren't really my <laughs> friends, and my dad doesn't cook dinner for me anymore, and I don't get iPad time. It's very hard for him. Uh, that's my life, except I do have iPad time, because I, I bought the iPad. It's mine. Mm. <laughs> now, also, wait a minute. Yeah. Glancing back over our reading list, it is not an unrelenting parade of gloom and despair. It, it was my youth. Slayers Reflect. Beast Wars Basic Program. More Things in Heaven and Earth. No, no. Draco the, Dormians. The past stuff was See, all See, nice I didn't think that. Dom it, said that. It's the future stuff you've, you've assigned. Oh. Mm. <laughs> uh, our Christmas episode should be fine. <laughs> anyway, well, speaking of, like, Dom said that, but nonetheless, today is a little bit more dark, I would say. Yes. Uh, on that side. So, anyway, I was oh, saying, okay. it's the Ray Trilogy. Part of the reason I signed it is because it was well-known, and, like, my personal idol, John Biles, spoke highly of it, and, like, it's also on the best Sailor Moon fan fiction on the net, and I just never read it. And partly, I thought, thinking about it, I, I was under the impression it was kind of heavy Serena Ray shipping from Sailor Moon, and it's mm. really not. No. Mm. But... When I think back about why I didn't read it, ultimately it's because I just didn't read anything with the dumb names. Like, I didn't. That's legitimate. Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. (laughs) It it can be difficult. I I was kind of debating whether to try to keep up the the original names or try to throw you two off again this time. (laughs) We're going to throw ourselves off. You don't have to worry. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, I, I grew up with the dub, and that's where I fell in love with it. And I was, like, 10 years old, and I fell in love with Sailor Moon, and I lock myself in a bedroom to watch the episode where she finally realizes she's Princess Serenity and yeah, all princess. of that. Yeah. That less punch when your name is Serena, but it's better than Darian and Prince Darian. Yeah. Definitely anyway, true. this fanfic was published in February and March of 1996. Mm-hmm. True retro. I'm very happy with that date. <laughs> it was published on Rec Arts Anime Creative at the very least, also the author's personal website, 
there's a copy of that GeoCities site up on, it's like OO Cities. It's just like all of GeoCities copied, apparently. Huh. Uh, I don't know. The short link that we're giving is bit.ly slash rfrray, where ray is spelled R-A-Y-E, because like, it's the mm-hmm. dumb. Like a savage. Yeah. <laughs> now, I would like to mention that it's a really funny author's note on their website. Oh, yeah. They you start read it? out. Yeah, so the author says, you know, um, these are three stories that have won me any degree of fame I now possess. They were written in February and March 1996. I really don't know what to say about them. I'm at a loss why they're so popular. <laughs> I started writing in a state that could be considered insanity, in parentheses, in the legal sense. Mm-hmm. And haven't really bothered to consider what I'm writing. Tell you what, if you figure out why they're so popular, mail me and let me know. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. I, see, I don't <laughs> know either, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> I, and it's, you know, not to knock the author, but the degree of popularity for these kind of like dark melodramatic short stories is is interesting. It does seem like the appeal would be pretty niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The author doesn't even understand themselves. Why their stories are so I, I can't understand that thing. Whenever I make something that other people like, I'm always a bit dumb, dumbfounded. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But and they felt a need to point that out on their main page as well, which I don't know if is just in the author's character. How much, or... how much fame was there with this? Um, like I said, it was very well known in the mid-late 90s in Sailor Moon fan fiction. Mm. So in terms of absolute fame, zero. Right. But in terms of a certain circle of people who were posted on Records Anime Creative, I believe it was uh, well regarded. What is Records Anime Creative? That was a news group that fanfics were posted to. A Usenet group? A Usenet group, yeah. Um, it was one of the big ones. There, there was like another one, I feel like, but I forget which. I always check the Records Anime Creative Archive. That's where my what, what baseline is. What was that AOL keyword for that? <laughs> Rec.arts.anime.creative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, AOL eventually like started hosting Usenet groups, like right. in some ways, what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will, we will try to explore why they might have been so popular. The author also explains that this was the mid-90s. You couldn't just watch the episodes. They didn't have access to all the episodes. And so they used Hitoshi Doi's summaries to fill in the gaps. And if you were a Sailor Moon fan back in that era, you used Hitoshi Doi's summaries because he was the one person posting summaries of every episode of Sailor Moon, including the ones that were not in the U.S. (laughs) Uh, And it was like the only real reference that there was. So in 96, how much Sailor Moon was out in America and in Japan? Would have been... um, original series and R. Okay. And I think they would have finished R by that time. There was a long gap where mm. they had only gone through the first half of R and then they just stopped and eventually they finished it up. I haven't watched most of these since high school so I kind of forgot what series is what. Because right, well, I, I kind of binged all of them so I don't really uh, sep- cl- I can't really separate them in my mind. Classic is Dark Kingdom. Mm-hmm. R has mm-hmm. a the shitty Alien Teens mini arc and then it's the... Um, the Dead Moon Clan from the future, sorry, Black Moon Clan from the future, yeah, from said, which are... You said shitty alien the, teams, and my mind immediately went to the Starlights. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are different oh, shitty no. alien teams, <laughs> who are also shitty. Right. Um, but second half of R is the time-traveling Black Moon Clan, from whom our good friend Rubius from Sailor Trek, Sailor Trek yeah. comes from. Yes. S is the good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's with uh, the Outer Senshi showing up in force and, and yeah, there's mad science and lesbianism. So. Christian symbols for no good reason. Was that the one with the Una director? Yeah. Well, one of them. One of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was directing episodes for the first two seasons also, but he was the series director from S. Okay. Super mm-hmm. S is the bad one. It's. We, it's don't, mm-hmm. we, we, we don't talk about Super S. And so this is yeah. before then. This then. is before all of that. Okay. Um, and so, for example, in the second fanfic, no, in the third fanfic? In the second fanfic? Yeah, in the third so, fanfic. Mm-hmm. The the author mentions among the people who are fighting, it's like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, Lita's fighting and Amy's writing, and Erica and Michelle are also fighting. Yeah, who the fuck? <laughs> that was because the author was using dub names and oh. was aware that aware that Haruka and Michiru were coming. Oh. Did not know oh. what their dub names would be. I thought those were made up characters. I thought so too, no. yeah. Erica, Erica, they guessed Michelle correctly. Well, Michelle did end up being Michiru's dub name. That's Michiru, but that right? makes Michelle, sense yeah. because they're pretty much a pair. Erica would but... have been a whole lot better because then they could have been called Eric for short. What was the, uh, the the dub name for Erica? The extremely gender-neutral Amara. 
Amara. Amara. Amara, Amara. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, it was a poor choice. Anyway, let's talk about the fanfic. But Mitsuru okay. and Michelle, I think, are like that's natural an obvious parallels. One. Yeah. But okay, that's totally funny. That I didn't. I thought they had made up new characters. No, like, no I that's really just Uranus that. and Neptune. Right. Yeah, so this is there we go. this is a trilogy. It is three fanfics. The shortest one is the first one. It's called None of Your Business, which is, uh, yeah, a good, good Pretty, apt title. Pretty standoffish. <laughs> completely about a teenage conundrum that's taken very seriously. The entire, yeah. the entire fic is Lita? Who's Lita? <laughs> uh, Lita would be Makoto. That's Jupiter. Well, Makoto Jupiter. and Rei uh, talking to each other. Yes, yeah, so this fanfic, None of Your Business. Lita comes in to chat with Rei while she's praying, yeah. and she sort of circumnavigates the main topic for a bit, and then eventually asks whether Rei had sex with Darian when they were going out. Which seems like an inappropriate thing to ask. It like, is. And why, why is she asking And that's this? basically... I, I like Rei's response when, like, when Lita starts by saying, like, oh, like, you know, I had sex with, like, my old boyfriend and, like, felt really strongly about it. And Ray's like, yes. oh, my God, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> it was super uncomfortable to you, knowing that these characters are supposed to be, like, 14 years old. Yeah. Um, Lita's stance is that she's a I queen. I can imagine that they were, like, 20 to have this make sense to me. Well, but anyway. It does seem like an early 20s sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it, though, from the way the author's approaching Lita, because this mm. is the point where Darian's mind wa- brainwashed and they have to fight him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Lita's asking Ray because she's equating sex with really strong emotional feelings, which mm. is surely true for her. Right. And she's concerned that yeah. Ray might, like, freeze when fighting, you know, Endymion. They, they kind of, the author kind of accidentally goes back on the names Yeah, the, well, the author mentioned this. Uh, maybe we should backtrack just for a second to say the author acknowledged that they had made a few mistakes in their writing due to lack of knowledge, including referring to um, Tuxedo Mask, like Adarian in his brainwashed state as Endymion exclusively because they thought Endymion maybe meant his cursed form. But anyway. Yeah, that's more of an original. Uh, To quote, so I made quite a few mistakes from referring to Darian's Negerverse empowered form as Prince Endymion. Yeah, it's really not a big deal. (laughs) But that's why Lita's right. asking, because, like, from her perspective, this seems like an important question. Also, as someone who's been very far removed from the uh, older series, what, did Ray and Memorial go out? Yes, but it's okay. it's insane that they're okay. making it that big a deal. Do you want to take this? Well, okay, so when they, there's a point in which they all, like, Serena discovered, like, Usagi discovers she's the princess, and, like, you know, Mamoru discovers his thing. And then their memories are lost again after mm-hmm. that battle. And they come back and they have to rediscover each other as Sailor Scouts and all that. But during that time, um, like Mamoru and what Was this during the first Rey, season? This, Tori, during, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid you are misremembering. Oh, I'm misremembering? The time when they are dating is in the first season. Oh, it's in the and first season. Ray okay. just basically sees this hot guy who keeps hanging around like the game corner because he's friends I with Motoki. And she's okay, like, I will date right. that person because Ray is extremely a go-getter, mm-hmm. goal-oriented person. And she like arranges a meet-cute which fails and then she basically strong-arms him into going out on dates with her. That sounds more she, familiar. She yeah. is 14. He is a college student. He is very uncomfortable with all this. But That's he's right. but he's also really bad at people, yeah, and okay. so he can't really like yeah, not break himself off. enough to not date another fourteen year old later. What <laughs> no, confused me was that later on. So here's why I misplaced my memory mm-hmm. because I thought that too, but then in this author's fan fiction, they mentioned that it happened while he was the Moonlight Knight. No, he says when the Moonlight Knight things thing happened, or like with the time reset, he lost like all his memories. That stuff happening. So he was, in that okay. later conversation, he tells her, like, I, I know we dated, but I don't remember any of it. And I kind of assume I must have been a pretty shitty boyfriend. So, <laughs> sorry. Fair, I think. Yeah. So yeah. he lost, like, a random assortment of memories? He lost his, like, well, his, his brain was already messed up in that first season with memory-wise. Yeah, that's so true. Anyways, so I, I because whatever. of reading this fanfiction, I misplaced the idea into mm-hmm. after he had become the Moonlight Knight. No, it's all first season. that's good to know. And it, okay. was all, it was all really yes. on Ray's anyway, side. Yes. She was just dragging Ray Darian was, around. Yeah. Right. And so, Pursuing but, him actively. And so th- this fanfic, this specific fanfic, but none of your fair, business. No, yeah. Go on. Why is he letting these teenage girls... Uh, okay, never mind. We can he's go just, into that later. He's but. just a really awkward person. Yeah, honestly, though, like, 
I mean, he really. He makes fun of Usagi all the time. And then he just lets this other girl to, like, take him around to places. Like, yeah. does he have a life at all? You can say no. He's 20 years old. <laughs> There's a great conversation with him and Motoki, or Andrew in the dub, where, like, the, Andrew's talking about how these teenage girls are always, like, hitting on him. And, like, Mamoru asks, like, something about, like, so what are you going to do? And Andrew's like, they're 14 years old. Are you kidding? Like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, I'm not going to date a 14-year-old. <laughs> and Mamoru, who is currently technically dating Ray yeah. at the time, is just, like, sitting there... Like, being very uncomfortable. It's hella messed up. Like, <laughs> I definitely feel like the one thing that I'm going to take issue with in Sailor Moon above all else is that as an 11-year-old kid, I was watching this being like, that's normal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For a 20-year-old to date a child, like, not nah, that ain't normal, yo. So it doesn't really sound like Ray and Momoru actually dated that much. Like, there was a couple of dates. It was around two places. Like, it's a plot that that's resolved in the first season. Like, after the whole Destiny thing is revealed, there's one episode where, like, Rey and Usagi, Rey and Serena, like, they they, they talk about it and Rey's like, no, like, it's fine. Like, you you two are destined moon lovers, it's fine. So what we have here is a fic that's about three pages long in my PDF. That's kind of a confrontational... Almost kind of bitter conversation between Makoto and Ray. Yeah, and Ray basically just so, says, "Look, I'll do what needs to be done, and is absolutely none of your business." And, and just yeah, you know, like yeah, Makoto was like, "Tell me, did you guys have sex?" And yeah, Ray just responded, "None of your business." And that's the whole fanfic, which is fine. Yes. Yeah, that I mean, totally fair. And yeah. it is none of her business. And it's really funny though because like Lita Makoto leads with talking about her why she, you know, you think I'm flighty because I just keep comparing all these guys to my ex-boyfriend, trying to date them and stuff. But the reason that I do that is my ex-boyfriend was my first, you know, and the this first is... person. So she makes a big deal yeah. out of having sex for the first time. God, she's 14. So I'm just going to try to imagine the characters older so it makes more and sense. They're, they're kind but of anyway, like older, I think. Also. Yeah, but like because she frames sex as this huge important thing, it seems so significant. And that's the main frame of the fanfic. And that's it's just really interesting because it's like, of course it's none of her business. Yeah. But I like when Ray is like, well, at the very end she's like, well, you've been so honest with me. I feel like I should be honest with you. It's none of your business. Honestly, Completely honest. Yes. Completely yeah. <laughs> honest. I, I thought that was really funny. So none of your business is very short, but the other two are a little bit longer. The second fanfic is five minutes and it opens with Sailor Moon having been killed by a random monster in a park fight, just like heart torn out. And oh, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It starts with Ray retrospecting about how that went down, but basically it's all Tuxedo Mask's fault for having a for, love of standing on high things. For standing on her brand new <laughs> no. things, yeah. That is the, well, that is the reason. Ray reflects and she's like, five minutes ago, Serena was alive. Five minutes ago, this happened. Five minutes ago, this happened. Right. Four and minutes ago, this. Yeah, this well, happened. Well, like, the format is it's going through bit by bit with um, bolded parts saying, like, uh, what went wrong. Like, mistake, falling into repetitive patterns of strategy. Uh, mistake, now bringing Lita into conflict with demons, waste of resources. Uh, every every few paragraphs. Yes. Going, going through these five minutes where something terrible but happened. Yeah, okay, but mistake. I blame Derek. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you should. Because yeah. the problem was Derek was standing on a branch that couldn't support their weight. Right. If you're going to stand on high objects, be very careful. Yes, but the reason that Serena um, had her heart ripped out is because she turned to (laughs) look at him when he fell, even though he was totally fine. Because of course he was fine. Because falling off a branch isn't going to hurt Tuxedo Mask. Well, it depends on how high the branch is. (laughs) Whatever. Well, anyway. uh, May I remind you, this is the same Tuxedo Mask who is incapacitated for an entire movie from falling off of a high ship. After mm-hmm. small children hold down his legs and he gets hit by a, a bon flying bon piece baby. of candy. Yeah. They were very powerful By a monster children. called a bonbon baby. <laughs> Correct. Which is about baby size. The, okay. the most threatening. <laughs> I would like to say that that movie, to me, was the least like consistent and realistic of the movies. I mean, I like even the, though it was fun. I like the movie, but um, Memorial was a... That is my go-to making fun of tuxedo mask moment. I want to say Mamoru is a bitch, but I'm not sure that's an appropriate use of the word or not. (laughs) I I like him in certain capacities. Depends on whether you mean like bitch in a good way or... You know what I I mean. (laughs) Anyway, in the fanfic... So I I have written my notes. The um, second fic, five minutes, Mamoru gets Usagi killed by trying to stand on a branch that doesn't support the weight. Way to go, Mamoru. (laughs) Yes. Way to go, Darian. Thank you. you. Cool. (laughs) 
So Rey makes a spot decision. She grabs the moon scepter, which has the silver crystal in it, and decides to use it to try to bring Serena back to life. Well, after um, killing the monster by pouring fire down its throat. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I should give her that moment. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And then she decides to try to use the silver crystal to bring Serena back to life. And she has this moment where she's like, well, only, like, Serena's supposed to be able to use this, but maybe that's wrong. And I mm -hmm. think that's a very reasonable guess because all these other forces want the silver crystal. They don't want it as a paperweight. Yeah, like it should be possible for other people to utilize this thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she seems to have an, a, a very strong knowledge of the fact that if she uses it to bring her back to life, she will die. It's well, like, that, that is the acknowledged though, use of the silver crystal. It's right? like, yes, it's like vague reference to um, memories from the previous moonlight. Right. She was like, I feel like I saw someone else use this in my past life. Yeah, and they died, but it worked. Right. Yeah. Yes. But she also acknowledges that, like, um, it's been used to bring people back to life by uh, Serena, Serena. Yeah. and that she has survived, but that if someone else uses it to bring someone back to life, they will die. Right. Well, so. it, it's... Okay, so it ends up... When she uses it, the silver erupts in silver... The, the silver. The crystal <laughs> erupts in silver flames, which actually burn her body. And mm -hmm. I like that moment because it, it implies that she's, like, using it in a magically different way than Serena does. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, through her own kind of types of magic the, or whatever. They don't have the type resistance against this or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's like... Didn't take the feet. Like, it, it's you break, take the knockback. Yeah. One alignment step away removed. Whatever. It's just, like... It, it is working in a slightly different way for her than it would for Serena. And think, oh, um, Lita implores Darian to help Ray because she still thinks that, like, there's a... that that's a big deal and that, like, Ray's doing this out of love for Darian Lita, for some reason. it's none of your business. Did you listen to the last fan? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. But, but, like, he contributes power and, like, tends to happen when the silver crystal gets used. It's, like, the reason someone doesn't die from it is because other people are, like funneling some MP into the, it. The, the power yeah. of friendship. Right, yeah. yeah. And so she survives, <laughs> but she ends up in the hospital with burns. Yes. So she survives, uh, she brings back... Oh, and she and yeah, Serena gets she brings Serena brought back, back to life. But there's too. a lot more in there, like, that creates the darkness of this fic. Well, there's like, a, lot, a lot of character moments, I think. I, I, don't think, I don't think there's... Well, okay, what else is there for the darkness? Well, there's a, I want to talk about the character I, moments, well, too. Well, there's, like, Lita coming in, into the situation, seeing Usagi... Um, Serena dead mm -hmm. and like chewing Ray out like immediately <laughs> mm. without drop hat and like Minako, um, <laughs> Mina coming and doing the same thing. Oh well, no, Ray, like, Ray like for you know burns that monster from the inside, shoving like a fire soul down its guts or yeah. whatever. It's, it's and like, then it's like the outside is fire resistant, but the inside isn't. And she looks over at Mina and she's like bracing herself for like that look of how could you have let Serena die? But instead, Mina's like, oh, that was sweet. Like, you, like <laughs> good, good, good job was, killing that monster with fire from the inside. Right. Like, the darkest fic. Like, it, it was so intense. Like... It, it was very intense. I would intense. just like to give a moment of, like, when Rey realizes she's dead, mm -hmm. she attacks the monster, and the she's like, I jammed my hand down into the black of the thing's mouth and released a jet of flame down into its stomach, rolling off of it the instant I did. It exploded. Black, oily blood sprayed everywhere, including on me. The lower part of its torso is separated from the upper in a burst of flame that severed its spine. But since that might not be enough, for some reason, I decided to keep up the flame for another half a minute, burning it from the inside out. About three minutes ago, I was finally satisfied that the thing was dead. I turned my weary eyes towards Darian. He was cradling Serena's corpse in his arms. The mask had fallen off and I could see his face clearly. I don't think he was even remotely aware of his surroundings. He was whispering something to her, something that I couldn't hear. They were both covered in blood, in her blood. Hmm. So like, damn. Well, I, I think we're also- That's a lie. Also the part where she actually died was pretty intense. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like we're glossing over that a little because like the well, action of the fic is that, but it's like, oh man, the way the author describes it is so much. Yeah. Mom, did you have something else here? Well, I, I wouldn't mind reading the part where Sailor Moon dies. Oh, yeah, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Always the best part of a Sailor Moon story. Totally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, random shipping you want and when the when Sailor Moon dies. Right. Four minutes and 20 seconds ago, all our eyes turned into Tuxedo Max's direction as he rose from his crouched position on a branch and began to make one of his trademark speeches. Bold. Mistake. Not checking to see if the branch could stand up to the sudden movement of someone standing up on it when they had been crouching only a moment before. The branch snapped. Darian was agile enough to avoid being hurt in the fall, of course, but Serena immediately turned all her attention towards him. 
Bold. Mistake. Turning her eyes from the opponent. Four minutes ago. I watched as a demon's huge claw, clawed hands streaked out, punched through the cloth of Serena's sailor suit, instance before it sliced into her breast, snapping through the ribs, mm-hmm. and grabbing small and red and completely unrecognizable as inspiration for any Valentine's Day cards, spraying blood everywhere. Serena made no, made no cry. It was too sudden for her to even whisper Darian's name. She was almost certainly dead before she hit the ground. She may have been dead before he seized hold of her heart. I'm told that the shock of such traumatic wounds can be as lethal as the tissue damage actually inflicted. Three minutes and 55 seconds ago, Darian raised his eyes from the ground to stare at the obscene sight of a demon swimming as it crushes Serena's heart in the palm of its hand. The heart made a wet, almost squishy noise as it turned into bloody chunks. So that's the tone of the Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. See, I feel like that's what we're neglecting here. That's why I wanted to bring that in. This is gruesome. Like, I, whoa. I mean, to be fair, before we read the fic, there was a bracketed war- warning that just said, yeah. just a warning, no. this is violent. <laughs> and, oh, it did. And and I was apprehensive at that warning, and the fic totally confirmed that it was hella gruesome. It was gruesome. However, what I did not expect was how the fic turned out in the end. So yeah. at least there is so a happy end. So Ray kills it. Ray uses the magic and other mm-hmm. people help to give their power in order to make sure Ray d- yes. doesn't and die. And she kind of goes into the spirit world for a minute and she thinks she's going to die and she's called back. Yeah. So. She ends up in the hospital with burns and the doctor mm-hmm. checks in on her and is like, you got these burns trying to put out a fire with your body in the park? She's what? like, yes. And the doctor's <laughs> like, don't do that. Well, the funny thing was, like, she woke up from being incapacitated at the moment and with the right. doctor spraying that on her. And she was a very good improv person who just said yes to whatever happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then she was like, someone made up a great story. Okay, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. But then a random really good character moment that has nothing to do with anything else in this trilogy is with Grandpa Hino. Yeah. Who comes yeah. in and he's like, look, Ray. I know you would not try to put out a fire because... You're, you're a fire priestess. You're a fire priestess. You've grown up around fire. You respect fire's power. But I also know that you wouldn't lie about it if you didn't have a really good reason to. So I'm not going to ask. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's very sweet. Like It yeah. is. I, I'm not going to ask you because I, I, but... I, don't, I don't want you to, to lie to me. Right. So yes. that's fine. Just keep you doing your thing. Right. <laughs> and I think that's a good moment for a grandfather, you know. Like, he's raising her the best he can. But he also is like, yep, you're a teenager girl. I'm an old man. Also, yeah, live your life. How bad of a guardian can you be if you don't know your 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 kid is secretly an agent of justice? I know, but he. But the thing <laughs> is, is that I think even in this in the show in in the in the show, it's definitely kind of implied that he sort of knows. Like right. the the only person who it's really heavily implied knows is Naru. That mm-hmm. one in listen one episode, but like it would be. I think it's implied. That it's he kind of does, given to that me. they constantly use the spare room in his temple as a meeting place, including <laughs> not just Ray and her friends, but like the outer senshi showing yeah. up, like people coming and going, like well, random adults. Yeah, it would it would be weirder <laughs> to write Grandpa Hino as not knowing than to it me, would. A motto. The reason it's implied that he's known is because every time something kind of serious happens, he turns into like a comedic character mm. and it's almost like he's playing it off through comedy. I see. Like that yeah. to me that is an implication. Now, I know that might be reading too much into it, but okay. So all that brightness and sunshine leads us to the the last fic here. Yeah, I mean, well there's another moment like she yeah, talks with Darian, she talks with Serena. I, she talks I, with the, yeah. I just want to say like Darian comes in and yeah, he, he talks about that not remembering their couple time. And like, yeah. he basically asks the same question as later, right? I, I don't know why he asks that. I know, it's inappropriate. The, the quote is, after that, mm-hmm. Ray, I'm tempted to say none of your business, but I don't. It doesn't matter, Darian. Which is basically the same idea, but a little bit kinder. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what happens, it doesn't matter at all. And yeah. he kind of apologizes, like I said, for suspecting he was probably a shitty boyfriend. But he, he says, should apologize for being a college student and dating a middle schooler. He just say a bunch of weird things. Like, I almost wish that I didn't love Serena as much as I do because I can't help but think that I didn't care about you as much as I should have when we were dating. I don't know half of you half as well as I should like. And I like less than <laughs> half of you half as well as you deserve. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very strange conversation. Like... This author obviously wrote action and, like, gruesome plot moments very well, but the interpersonal stuff was like, what? Yeah. Who who are these people? And the end of that fanfic is Serena coming in and being like, why did you go so far to save me? I thought you hated me. And Ray's like, no. No, we're we're friends. I like you. Yeah. Which is funny because, yeah, the author seems to imply this hatred that Ray has for Serena a lot. Well, the, the dub... 
the dub makes them a little bit more acidic uh, yeah, towards but each other. You know that they love each other. Like most nineties yeah. anime dubs made people more rude and crude mm-hmm. than that yeah. they were. I mean, Attitude. they definitely have like, exactly. an abrasive relationship because they're kids, though. But, you but know. they also did it in the um, Digimon dub. They made people razz on each other a lot more than they did yeah. in the, in the well, source material. Well, Americans actually do. They razz on each other a lot. I've noticed it's about the kids that I teach. I, not as much as a 90s cartoon character does. <laughs> you would be surprised. Have you? How many elementary schoolers have you hung out with recently? Uh, a few recently, but only yeah. three. <laughs> They're always saying rude-ass things to each other. I'm not going to lie. Well, the, the ones I hung out with wasn't as much rude as just kind of honest <laughs> yeah as in like why, why is there a hole in that wall no. like why, why do you look why, why is your sweatshirt dirty <laughs> that's also a kid thing but yeah. kids can be really mean to each other and then make up like a second later that it's is true yeah bizarre anyway so it's kind of kid behavior so, then third fanfic in this trio comes with a bunch of um playlist recommendations that you're supposed to listen mm. to <laughs> while you read this fic, yes, that was interesting because it was a very like setting me back in the 90s i was like if anything tells me this was written in the 90s, this playlist does. Like what? The songs that no, they I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, say the examples on here. Uh, okay. Okay, well, I'm trying to pull up the next. Okay, so one, the the, but... play, the songs they have here are Amy Grant's I Will uh, Remember You, mm-hmm. Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings, okay. <laughs> Dan Hill's Sometimes When We Touch. Don't remember that one. Sometimes When We Touch. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, keep singing. Patty Loveless, How Can I Help You? Parentheses to say goodbye. Parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So all and really I will just stuff. say, <laughs> I Will Remember You was my most hated song for a long time. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so it drove me up a wall. Starting off on a good note right. here then. No, yeah. All of the songs they recommended were like the savvy love songs that when I was like, you know, 10 years old, I was like, no. Don't expose me to those. Like, There's songs like that I, I thought I didn't know, but then I read the titles and realized like it was in my brain somewhere. It's like I must mm-hmm. have heard them. They just I just mm. didn't consciously acknowledge any of these. <laughs> I'm sure I did too. Yeah. Well, this fan fiction, you know, speaking of those pairings though, like in my mind, did not pair with the fan fiction. But I think that might just be because I had weird associations from my youth. Could be. But this fan fiction was very intense. Well, this, this one's was, interesting. This was yes. more thoughtful, I think. Yeah. I, th- these Definitely. songs don't fit, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. This one is set deep into Crystal Tokyo. And Neo Queen Serenity, or whatever she is in the dub, I don't even know. Neo Queen Serenity is dying, and Dimian having died the day before. The characters are all over a thousand years old. And it says, yeah, the like the magic keeps them alive, yeah. but like their bodies are still kind of gradually so wearing down. Th- th- this is still told from Ray's, respe- Ray's perspective. Mm-hmm. And they say, I am a remarkably preserved 1,258-year-old woman. Right. And this is... Oh, go on, Amani. No, what were you about to say? I was, this is especially interesting due to the implication that their bodies are decaying mm-hmm. because they talk about Mina having replaced her body artificially. There's a big um, tangent. Like, Mina's an entirely separate story within this story. Yeah. Exactly. And what I would like to say is that we talk about, you know, the characters as they've aged and they've lived these long lives and they've all kind of come to these sort of strangely depressing things. And the main center point of that is Mina. Uh, you know, or the only really uh, depressing one is Mina, though. Like that's kind yes. of why they spend that time. Like, I mean, Lita and Ray have had like a fight the day before. They don't see eye to eye on right. things that are going mm-hmm. on. But Ami's still around fine. Ray seems to be in good health. Like, so because... should we just do? Should we do the Mina side story? Yeah, that's not I think I mean. we should. Like, so, I think that's a big thread here. When they set up the Crystal Tokyo or whatever it is in the dub, I don't even know. When they set up the Crystal Tokyo government, Mina kind of didn't really have a clearly defined role in it, unlike everybody else. Because, like, Ami was, like, head scientist. Et right. It's yeah. like Jupiter was head bodyguard. Ray was head of the armed forces. Now, yeah. and, and I find this especially strange because she is supposed to be the leader. That is of more of a manga thing. The author would have had no idea about that. Really? As a dub person, yes. I thought they expressed <laughs> it in the dub. No. I, no. Never? No. Not to my recollection. Right. Well, the, the maybe, anime, maybe I, yeah, I have too much information in my brain. It's all cool. The anime also, mentions but. that super late, and it's prominent in the manga, but in the huh. dub, there's really no, like, or in the, I, in the original anime. To me, anime, I, I was say. always like, she's the leader, she's the leader, but I guess, yeah, maybe if it was never mentioned here, then yeah. she has no defined role. That makes sense. 
So what Mina ended up doing was basically kind of go off superheroing around the world in the galaxy, which is well, pretty sweet. Well, they basically returned to being uh, Sailor V. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, because mm-hmm. she liked the fame, she liked the action, she liked like going out and living life. Yeah, she always loved being Sailor and, and, like, V. And if we talked about this story, it would be the Sailor, Mo- Sailor V slash Cowboy Bebop fanfic we all wanted. I would read mm-hmm. that, yeah, for sure. Right? And as she gets into all these scrapes and like various, um, you know, things, she comes back intact each time and like tells her like awesome scrape with death stories. Right. Mm-hmm. But eventually the other find out that she has been gradually replacing her organic parts as they get like damaged or battle damaged or whatever with tougher cyborg parts. Yeah, the Monaco's be- becoming an augmented human. And this yes. repulses her friends for unclear reasons. Like, I'm not sure me. what the big deal is. Because like, they, they yeah. freeze her out. This is like the only friend they've yeah, had it's kind for the past really messed like, 500 years. Yeah. And they just freeze her the fuck out. It's like, sure, she can be a robot. If that, yeah, like, if she that's becomes her... this, like, replicant, you know, or, um... I just call it androids in the yeah, books. I mean, she's I don't a remember. cyborg. She's a cyborg. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's like transhumanist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's replacing all her body parts. And there's a point at which she's rumored dead, and this is, like, the, the final point where she replaces most of her body, all of her internal organs, etc., yeah. and, like, half of her face, basically, and, um... Ray's talking about how, like, bizarre her and bright her one eye looked. She, she like, her, gives her, her a skin. hug and it's like a metal clank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Her skin was, like, glowing more and how one eye was brighter than the other. And it just seems... Uh, it's like this body horror element. There's a body horror element, but, but Ray, Ray, in describing this in the flashback, kind of describes it as, oh, like, she was kind of going... Going slowly crazy, but in like a, an apparently benign way. But the only evidence of yes. quote craziness is that she is becoming a cyborg, and like yes. other than that, she seems pretty on like on the ball. Well, it's like it seems to imply like I, I read some um, Shadowrun fan fiction uh-huh. and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of the things that happen, a uh, theme that comes up is like uh, they have a character that, that's like addicted to surgery, addicted to um, um, uh, enhancing themselves, mm. like, like like grafting on scales or something, or yeah. like different things. Mm-hmm. But this isn't even that because th- this is a person that's going out and fighting people, that, like, doing good, doing good, and then getting part part of them blown off, and then just fixing that part that's, that was blown yes. off. Yeah, Luke Skywalker style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and everyone do- is is so horrified because one of her eyes is brighter than the other. And like the people who've been Luke disgusting. Skywalker's friends for the past five hundred years don't reject him for having a fake hand. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, and she ends up like something goes wrong on a ship that she's going off on, and she makes it to like the engine that only a cyborg would have been able to make it well, to. It's like th- there's a nuclear bomb equivalent thing yeah. that's falling into the atmosphere, and a pilot that wasn't enhanced couldn't have made those turns or something. And she kind of sacrifices her life in her last moment with another act of heroism, preventing it from exploding anywhere near population. Yeah, which in this fake just means that the Minako is the best hero possible. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm all yeah. for her. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's really weird because we're talking about this totally separately because it has nothing to do with anything else. Maybe thematically if you stretch, but kind of... Not well, really. I right. think this fan fiction is about the fates of the senshi. And it's about how you decide to go out, right? lives. And, yes. and, and how, like, a multi-thousand-year-old individual ends up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because... But, which, by the way, it's like, these guys are enhanced by magic. Are they really ones to throw stones at someone who's advancing <laughs> with robotics? Apparently they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> and, and it does seem uncharacteristic, but it does happen in this fiction. The main character conflict here is that Serenity is kind of choosing assisted suicide because she is very tired and because Endymion just died. And because it turns out living a thousand years is too much for a human consciousness. Yeah, and I mean, not just that. She's been living it as, like, ruler of the world. Right. And so she's she's pretty done. And, like, she's seen her daughter grow up and get married. Like, she's her daughter, Rini, is set to take the throne. She's like, I, I, Rini would rule differently than me, and that's not... That's not a bad thing, but, like, she doesn't need me as, like, some kind of immortal dowager queen. Rini can't can't be a ruler while I'm still alive because that would... Be confused the transfer mm-hmm. of power, and but but you know really it's just that she she wants to go out now and she's making that choice, right? And she's already talked to Lita, she's already talked to Ami, she's already talked to Rini about it, and got him there. If not, it's unclear whether like active blessing or just like acceptance of it. Well, and she's talking yeah. to Ray last because she knows Ray is going to be Ray's going to be Ray's hard Ray's sticking point. Yeah, yes. right. She's talked to everybody else in her life that has given her permission to pass on. Right, and her conversation with Ray is so interesting, mm-hmm. like. It's an interesting perspective to write a conflict because so much of Ray's life has been keeping 
her alive. Yeah. Yes. Right? I, so, so much so, like, in the previous fan trick, they pretty much gave up their own life in order to bring... She, she was perfectly willing to do that. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so she, like, Ray just does not want to hear that, like, she's, she's, like, giving up in Ray's mind. She's like, that's not an acceptable choice and, to and, Ray. This is kind of an interesting topic, because the topic is assisted suicide. Right. Which is um, legal in Oregon. Yes. And mm-hmm. I don't but know, it's but still extremely controversial on the national stage. Yeah. Yes. But like, I, I, I think, uh, like, all of us have like th- tertiary at least, uh, like, connections to somebody who's done something like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a weird thing to find in a fan fiction all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, it was hard. Like, uh, I mean, I think if you're going to experience the death of a loved one it's very hard to see this in media mm-hmm. but um yeah her choice to die i think it's an interesting the author treats it well yeah mm-hmm. i would say like respectfully but it is a very difficult thing i think to ever understand like i guess in my life my experience of death is people I've known even though they know they're dying have not wanted to die right I don't know people who have making made the choice I guess oh but I know people do when like but they do yeah I know that they do yes I, I've heard some people it, that, it's like, very hard to understand though they've gotten a terminal um diagnosis and chosen to to end, end their life early yeah to go out on their own terms yes. or like before kind of the chronic constant pain it's a really that, rough story I would yeah. say is that yeah, I've seen more of people living through that and still holding on. And so there, there's definitely a, a dichotomy there in these different choices. So this is very heavy. It's very sense. heavy concept. And, and there's anger there on both sides, like anger from yes. Ray that Serenity's doing this and Serenity, like anger that Ray's not going to accept it. There's like a moment where like she flatlines for a moment and she's like, I think I just proved that you can't stop me like if mm. I decide to go out. And like, because yeah. she's, she's just actively angry at that moment at Ray. Um, there's also this tension about how much of Serena is still in Serenity. Yeah, the, also the tension that like the person that they're oh, talking yes. to isn't Serenity anymore. That right. is it's the, the god queen, whatever. Right, and that that's always kind of like like almost yes. everything of interest in Sailor Moon. It is something that is hinted at in the source and that the source does not care to explore in any capacity, which is why Sailor Moon is such rich ground for fanfickers. It is. <laughs> and they, this author's done a great job of taking it to a very dark place in which they explain that there was a point at which Serena really did die. Uh-huh. In a flashback that Ray has. And she went all Phoenix. She was like, all power. Yes, I am power. I am life exactly. incarnate. I am Serenity. I am not the Serena that you knew, X-Men. And Ray couldn't recognize any Serena in that. At that moment. Right. At that moment, no. But, but now, later on, in yeah. the death of this Queen Serenity, she does recognize an element of Serena, which and is very interesting. I think she, she would have seen it earlier. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's that weird tension in the source where, like, on the one hand, Serenity doesn't act at all like Usagi. But on the other hand, like, she sends back the letter to, like, Chibi-Yusa and, like, she still hasn't learned how to write kanji. And, like, that, <laughs> and everyone makes fun of her in the future for that. Also, it's a bit of a horrific moment when they do the flashback where... Um, mm-hmm. I like that kind dies. of in-media res thing. Yeah, they're like... Yeah. Because it's also, you know, in the source material, something happened to start off Crystal Tokyo, but they never tell you what. Yeah. And in this case, you want to say anything about it? Well, because they're talking about the point where... Um, uh, Serena dies from some villain. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's like a cool concept that's just thrown out there in passing. And, and what, what they call it, the final war, right. which is also kind of mm-hmm. cool sci-fi thing. Yeah, and they talk about um, uh, Serena's dead, and then something something was happening to Serena's corpse. It was swelling up, expanding as if it were filled with gas. Then it then it exploded in a burst of pure white light. And the sound I'd only heard once before, the music of the spheres. And this was the birth of the god queen, right. Serenity, whatever. Yeah. From, from from the corpse, from the bloated, fat corpse of her friend. I know, right? Isn't Has to throw in a little bit more body like, horror there. Exactly. Yeah. Swelling up, expanding as if it were filled with gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very, very potent image. And then it explodes into light in a beautiful image and perfectly chiseled features like Serena's but also perfect emerge from the corpse <laughs> and so at, at, the, at the end of the effect um, uh, Ray eventually comes to turn with it and then like 
the last thing Serena wants to know. Oh, I want to read this because Go for it. it made me laugh out loud. Go for mm. it. It's like, um, I, I think I have that quote here. Ray, she murmurs drowsily, there's something I've been meaning to ask you for a while now. I never got around to it. I know what the question will be. Between us, there can be only one question. She's been alive for thousands of years. Wait, what, well, <laughs> one thing which she could never have known. So, like, the, I think the idea is, like, they've, they've, they've talked about everything I already. I know, but... Because it's... I hid the truth so deep within me that there were moments when I wasn't sure of it myself. You were, like, 14 at the time. <laughs> also, it was a thousand and whatever years ago, right? Okay, yeah. anyway. A, a long time ago, yeah. you were going out with Endymion, but he never told me. Were you intimate? And, and she still cares, even uh, though she's a thousand years old. If that had Sorry. been the punchline, if it had all been leading to a punchline there, and that's exactly where the fanfic had ended, so I would have I would have laughed so hard. I already it's laughed. So funny. Yeah. But it's like, not. It's, it's actually like, taken seriously. So so go on from that. Yeah. I, I didn't even write after that. I, I consider the fanfic to be over at that moment. Good ending. Oh yeah, my god. It. Yep, that's it. There Can't was over. more, though. Uh, <laughs> yes, there was. Yeah, but that makes it worse. <clears throat> so much more delicacy put put that Lena asked me so long ago. If it were anywhere else, anytime else, I'd know the answer. I'd give. None of your business. But this is Serena, and I can never lie to her. It is her business. So I lean closely to her ear, and I whisper my secret. Capitalize secret. <laughs> <laughs> the earth seems to shudder as I do so. And as she looks at me with eyes filled with love... Oh, my friend, she whispers, and her soft lips touch mine just once. And she dies. One moment more, she pleaded. All right, I can do that. Because okay. everything was, she wanted Ray to live. She wanted Ray to, yeah, keep going. Yes. Yeah. Can I just say, so appropriately ended, if the author were a teenager and writing this, which is the assumption I'm going to make, Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's accurate, that life or death revolves around whether someone you love has been sexually intimate with someone else you like. Like, this is life or death, right? Like, she's dying. I mean, your best friend, this close person is dying, and you just need to know, have they had sex with someone that you also had sex with? Life or death (laughs) moment, right? When you were 14. Like, no. Did my spouse we were married with a thousand years? Right. So teenager. Look, I get the... Uh, like what I would consider to be a very immature adults also have these moments, but that is such a teenager. Tori, how many years into Crystal Tokyo do you think it takes before Neo Queen Serenity decides that she's Polly? <laughs> See, that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, literally, like, hello, we're a thousand years into the future. Like, people have still hung up on monogamy like that. Like, whoa, chill. I give it's her just sex. I give her twenty years. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, that's how much, long it takes most people, right? You enter your 40s and you're like, eh. I was going to say, like, I had whatever. 20 years or something, but okay, 20 years. Well, well, she's already, like, in love with all her friends, so it, like, shouldn't take that Either long. Either way, like, it's long. been thousands of years. And <laughs> our contemporary era, like, how many of us are still monogamous? Like, or. Uh, you're asking the wrong say, person here, but. No, sorry. What I actually <laughs> meant to say is that monogamy is, like, it's not an invalid choice, it's great. But what I'm saying is, how many of us still accept non-monogamy as a viable option? Or how many of us are still upset about our partner's past partners? Like, yeah, that's oh, not a, that's hey, not a, that's you not had thing, sex? Right? Like, like, no, that's not a thing. You're right. I mean, exactly. like, if you're yeah. 20, that's a thing, maybe. Like, exactly. When you're very young, it might seem like a thing. But when you've lived to get into your 30s and 40s, it's like, you've had sex with a lot of people, presumably. Right. All right. I think we've reached the end of the fanfics. Mm-hmm. We've, um, instead of our normal ending, can we answer the question about why we think these fanfics gained popularity? Mm. For me, I would say the emotional core in that third story is very strong and memorable and yeah. fairly well handled. And I don't know about, like, I really don't care for none of your business in particular, but I guess I can appreciate it in terms of, like, a really just short snapshot of someone trying to do good character, like, a certain kind of good characterization of the characters. Five minutes is fine. I mean, maybe it was really, like, some of the early kind of Sailor Moon dark fic. I don't know what the history was before that, but it I can imagine it having a lot of impact if there hadn't been a whole lot like it before. Yeah, I just imagine it gets stuck in people's minds because it went to where nobody else went before. Right. And I think that's true both of five... I guess that's true in different ways of all three of them. But for me, 
the material and the emotional core at one moment longer is the one that I appreciate the most. I didn't appreciate the weird anti-transhumanist message. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking uh, about the Mina side story that doesn't have to do with the emotional core. I'm talking about like the, the, yeah. the being angry at your loved one for the dying kind th- of like... The, the through line th- from all these things. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it was... The, the Mina side story was really bizarre. Um, well, why do you think it was famous, though? I, yeah, I mean, I, I will say that... I, I mean, there's a certain level of... The body horror, I think, mm. that is in this fic and also in Five Minutes, um, I think is really compelling, like, in a horrifying sense. Mm. Mm. I do think that a lot of the famousness of this comes from an audience that was appreciating a form of media that, to me, I appreciate because it is more light and more, I don't know, I want to don't want to say childish, but, like, hopeful and optimistic and, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's why I like Sailor Moon but I've noticed that when things are taken like media you enjoyed as a child and as you grow a few years older are taken and turned into a dark spin for a lot of teenagers that's very compelling mm. because they're looking at media they enjoyed as like, you know a younger like, person we, and we contextualize their childhood and yes mm-hmm. because I think that there's a polarity there like there's hey this was, like, kind of light and optimistic, but this dark side is, like, they want to go full dark. Like, the edginess, I think, was compelling. Oh, uh, we can a go a teens. whole lot darker than this in Sailor Moon fan fiction. Sure, if of course interested. we can. But that's why I'm saying that it's compelling. I think that teens appreciated the edginess. Did we have Now... <laughs> well, I don't we'll appreciate I the edginess because I'm an <laughs> adult, not a teenager. But I do think it was well-written as well. Right. Right. And the characters were compelling. It, it was pretty um, so, engaging. There you go. Read. Yes, yeah. it was engaging. And, and the, the characters were fleshed out. And the imagery that they used was very effective. Yes. 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 And I yes. like, you Definitely. know, even though in some senses it detracts from them in the story, I think the, the unnecessary details that the author adds in, the grandpa conversation, the Mina aside, the like flashback to the final war, mm. all of those are actually really compelling little bits. Yeah. And yes. so like... It's you. Yeah, they have that. Like I was interested in practically everything that was completely unnecessary sure. in this, like yeah. uh, which actually made it kind of a fun read in that sense. Which like a lot of the great authors actually kind of miss that because I read some like Victor Hugo stuff, mm-hmm. and they go on some tangent, uh, mm. tangents that don't matter at all to the right. story. You just mm-hmm. get rid of that, and that'd be okay. But these tangents mattered, and they were interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Yeah, I feel like they were a little too dark or a little too melodramatic at times, but they mattered, you okay. know? Yeah. So thank you for bringing this dark fan victory to yes. the motto. Oh, you're welcome. I will keep it up. <laughs> uh, next Sailor Moon will go lighter, and I'll see how long I can hold off before subjecting you to that. Okay. But for next time, we're going to do a heavy change of pace. Mm-hmm. And instead of talking about five color-coded young superheroes who transform, yeah. we're going to be talking about Mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers. Which is a five oh, wait, what? <laughs> Such a difference. Yep, our fanfic next time is Loss of Innocence. That's innocence as in the plural of one innocent. <laughs> um, yeah, which is interesting. Hey, yes. this is hardy, guys. <laughs> It is a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fanfic by Joe Rovang. It can be found on the author's website uh, for their own fanfiction at rovang.org. It's still up online. We're providing a link to that fanfiction site at bit.ly slash rfrloss. As for this, this was episode 14 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the mm-hmm. Ray Trilogy by Chris Davies. You can find a copy of these fanfics on uh, the author's, like, GeoCities archived copy of their website, and we're providing a link there at bit.ly slash rfrray. I think it's other places on the internet as well, like Best Sailor Moon fan fiction on the net should have a copy and such. It's very and famous, that's so. Ray <laughs> so famous, R-A-Y-E, so oh, correct? correct. Yeah. R-F-R-R-A-Y-E. The intro song for this podcast is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album, you can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. And you can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com. The short link there is bit.ly slash retrofanfic. If you've got questions or comments or thoughts about the episodes, you could leave them in the comments section there at the website. 
And you could also send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. You could wait patiently and twiddle your thumbs until we have some kind of Twitter or um, what are the kids using these days? Uh, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Insta- oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We need one of those. Snapchat? Yeah. Fortnite. 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 Yeah, yeah. We, we need we Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the best way for people to contact us is for us to make a Fortnite account. Also, if, you, if you would review and leave a re- uh, review on the Apple Podcast, that'd be neat. That would be pretty excellent. Yes. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. I have to say, after um, uh, doing the uh, outros last week, I appreciate all the, so much more all the work you do in Amato. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you for that. Good work, Amato. Thank you. And closing things, we are just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, no, no. <laughs>